nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 352, March 30, 2020. It was 83 degrees on this day in 1968 and three below in 1923. White Bear Lake had an ice out on this day in 1946. And by the way, uh, she's about ready to go any minute, White Bear. But Hi, she's not, you, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, you, can't, you still can't go Bay to Bay in White Bear, but it's getting close. Well, White Bear Lake had an ice out on this day in 1946. Minnetonka had an ice out on this day in 1858, the year of our statehood, and 1945. And as has been noted, Spoon Lake went out yesterday, March 29th. And Hiawatha on Saturday. All right, very good. Here we go. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Souchere. You guys. Yes, sir. What's up, bro? Uh, just strange things you learn. I, I got an email uh, either Friday or over the weekend from uh, a woman named Carol Aaron. I don't think she'd mind me using her name. And she's doing some archival work uh, for the church that I grew up knowing as St. Luke's in St. Paul. Uh, I think most of the city still knows it as St. Luke's on the corner of Summit and Lexington. Okay. I think it's now called St. Thomas More, uh, a highly contested name change. In any event, uh, a church that played a role in the lives of, of many St. Paulites, including my grandmother, my dad's mother. And this woman doing the archival work found a letter that my grandmother typed to uh, Monsignor John Culligan, Cullinan, I'm sorry, Cullinan, in 1948, uh, as the uh, church was assembling uh, material for its Diamond Jubilee, uh, my grandmother wrote the Monsignor a letter. And uh, I'll, just, uh, uh, I'll just read you the first paragraph. <laughs> the occasion of the Diamond, uh, dear Monsignor, the occasion of the Diamond Jubilee of the parish set me to thinking back over the past. I hope that my notes and jottings may be of some interest to you. I was born in a sod hut out on the prairie west of here on Feb 23, 1879. But the family was soon forced to return to St. Paul, where my father, James F. McQuillan, subsequently became a prominent plumbing contractor. By 1890, we had lived some years at 861 Selby Avenue, but a growing family took us to a larger home in St. Joseph's Parish for about three years. We returned to 877 Selby, and it was from that home that I was married to Henry C. Souchere on October 17, 1905, by Father Ambrose McNulty in the old church on Victoria Street. And the rest of it's her music career. Let me stop. Uh, she only had two kids, my dad and his brother. Uh, they're both gone. 
It combined, they had 15 kids, of whom I am one. Wow. Jeez. I texted every one of them last day. No one knew that she was born in a sod hut. I had no idea. Wow. I had no, I always assumed she was born and raised in St. Paul on Selby Avenue. And it turns out, nope, she was born in a sod hut somewhere out on the prairie. I, I just, I, this changes everything. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Where was it? But you said somewhere on the prairie. That is, wow, that's interesting. Oh, and there's nobody left to ask. There's nobody left to ask. Do you know the address or the area, the town, the municipality? Just says, she, she says, uh, sod hut out on the prairie west of here. Huh. That's all she put down. But uh, this changes everything. I'm yeah. the descendant of a sod hut woman. <laughs> but in the 18, you said 1870? She was born 1879. Yeah, that prairie could have been Hopkins. Well, that's true. You're right. You know. Oh, yeah, good point, Kenny. And I knew this woman well. Uh, I knew both my grandmothers very well. I never met a grandfather. They were both dead by the time I was born. But I knew her very well. She lived until 1976. And uh, I, I got to know her very well, and I knew of her musical career. She was the organist at St. Agnes and St. Luke's, and on and on and on and on. But I had no idea. She was born in a sod hut. I feel kind of uh, humbled. I feel, uh, you, you, I feel I should have hay in my boots. You're, you're more like me now. I we're, am. We're more alike, Joe. So you both Boy. are going to start calling me a idiot? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that something? I had no idea. The hole in the hills uh, where my ancestor's sod hut is still there. Now, wait a minute, because I know you. Wait a minute. My sod hut was better than your sod hut. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was. So I'm aware how your mind sure works was. to a degree. You, Mine when, or Kenny's? You, you Joe. What, yeah. When did you find out this information? Because I'm getting somewhere here. What, at what point did you find out this information exactly over the weekend? Yesterday. You spent the next... Three hours researching sod huts, didn't you? No, but I spent a lot of time. Well, actually, I did. Uh, not three hours. Not okay. three hours. I spent more time uh, call, uh, texting my cousins, uh, who were really close to Anna, because uh, they grew up very near her in St. Paul, and none of them knew she was born in a sod hut. Wow. Makes you wish you would have talked to them more about history in their past, does, doesn't it? But here's the irony. Here is the irony. This woman, my grandmother, was keen on history. And at the age of seven or eight, she made me write my life history to that point. Oh, cool. What a great idea. And I, it's somewhere in the house, somewhere I have it. Uh, but well, no, she was very keen on history. Are her papers all accounted for? I mean, are you sure she didn't do the same thing for herself? And those papers exist somewhere in a, a, a bureau drawer uh, in, in one of your cousin's houses? If they do exist, it would be in one of my cousin's houses. And I'm sure that, uh, and they're very attentive to things like that, but the Saad Hut deal has never come up. Never come up. Hmm. I wonder if it rained cats and dogs in that Saad Hut. You know where that phrase comes from? No. Was that, was that a joke? No, yeah. do you know where the phrase it rains cats and dogs comes no from? No idea, no. Cats and dogs would shelter on the roofs of, of sod homes. And then when the rain hit, it got so slippery, they fell off. 
raining cats and dogs. Did you learn that yesterday, researching that, 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 No, that I knew that already. Like, that sounds like BS, to be honest. <laughs> Look it up and verify it. Would I lie to you? No, I, I, I trust you. I, yeah, I, raining I cats you. and dogs. Hmm. They would they would they would curl up up there to stay warm or whatever, and then boom, here so, comes the rain. Oh, look out! The cat just fell. Since you did extensive research research on the sod hut, was it a, ch- a cheaper form because you, they couldn't afford a, a log cabin or whatever? I, I mean, think what, they got all it? no, they got all the stuff at Menards, I think. Well, and then <laughs> and then took it out there in a sleigh. Sure, yeah. Sure. I have no idea. Okay. None. A I, false theory. A false theory. Stated. False. Stated that cats and dogs used to cuddle into thatch roofs during yeah. storms. Oh, that's what they did. And then washed out during heavy rains. That's what happened. But this has been proven to be false. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. It happened. It really cats happened. Cats and dogs may come from the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief. Yeah. If it is raining cats and dogs, it is raining unusually or unbelievably hard. That's because they were falling off the roof. Right. It happened. This wouldn't be the first time that you just tossed something out there and walked away all proud of yourself, patting yourself on the back. Look who's talking. Boy, oh boy, (laughs) did I deliver some fantastic information today. Are you referring to the uh, Advil situation? Oh, my God. Joe, can we unlist our address? Let's unlist our address. Let's erase our email and our phone. uh, GLers, two things. Two things. Uh, One, I, I will never again... Unless it's Fauci or Osterholm, I will never again say anything about literal medications. Uh, late last week, I it got was an Wednesday. E- Wednesday last week it was Wednesday. I got an email from a friend of mine who I've known for years. He's a doctor. He's highly thought of, and he copied me on some medical documents he had been reading. And I suppose he might have just sent them to me because he knows I'm a golfer and golfers take Advil. And so he sent it to me, and the gist of it was that it was the findings in the papers he was reading that Advil was uh, detrimental to your recovery in the event you got coronavirus. And he was advising people to think long and hard about taking Advil. I read that. And, and, I, and, and since then, we have been, uh, what, 10,000 people on Facebook have oh. contested this and well, calling us wait, fake not, news. Not and, everybody's contesting it, right, Chris? Most. Okay, let me break it down. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's go to the, pie, the Advil pie chart. Okay. All right? All right. All right. It's yep. basically divided into thirds. All right. All right? There's a third of the people... That reached out that are regular listeners of ours that said, "Hey, can you can you copy me on that or that that article?" Because people didn't know that it was an email from a friend; they thought maybe it was an article that you were reading from a news source. So a third of those people were saying, "Can you copy me on that article Joe read about Advil? I'd like you know to read it for myself. No problem." The other third are saying, "Bleep you bleepers! This is fake news." You shouldn't be on the air. And most of those people, I guess, were people that did not know who we were prior to the show on Wednesday. And the other third were people that said, I'm new to the show. Who are you guys? Okay, so there was a lot of people that had never listened to us before that stumbled upon it because someone had made a video. None of us did. A listener had made a YouTube video with that two or three minute 
um, synopsis that you read, Joe, and put it out there for every, anyone to listen to. And that's what sparked such a reaction with people. Well, I have a call into the fellow who emailed me that, that information. Uh, it, it's very like, and there were links to the, on the email, mm-hmm. links to stories. Right. Uh, I can I can have him resend that to me. Here, working at home has resulted in I'm juggling about three different email accounts. Right. And if you offered me a million dollars right now, I couldn't know where to go to find that email which has been discarded. Uh, I would I would trouble I would have well, trouble finding it in various trash well, locations. First of all, shut down your mistress email account. You don't need that up here. I've already I've closed that one. Okay, you don't need that one up. Right, I've closed that one. And you can close your work email account because you should now be getting work emails on your home email. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. My point my point being that uh, I'll be more than happy if it'll help put this to rest. I'll be more than happy to have a chat with this fellow and uh, a post where people can go and read read what he was referring to. Would that help some of these people, or are they just too far gone? But here's what I want to get to, Joe, because there's a, there's a deeper underlying issue with that type of reaction. And all of us are a little more tense right now than we normally would be. A lot of I'm us- not. I'm not. A lot of us B. have spent B. a whole hell of a lot more time at B. home than we normally whoa, 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 would be. Whoa, 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 whoa. But what's Calm happening down. is people are lashing out because of the fear of the unknown. And that's what's really bothering so many, and myself included, that are bothering so many of us right now to where there are now personal attacks issued on myself or because my wife works in the industry on her. Because I, the thing is with the, with the ibuprofen specifically, We don't know because there's no cure. This is such an unknown world that we're in relating to the coronavirus. We don't know. And so when people that have spent years in school and in the practice of medicine are offering up an opinion, guess what? I'm going to listen to that. All right, but I'm never going to issue another one. I'm not. But Uh, you got it from a verified source. But, But in this day and age, in this day and age, uh, that's not enough. Unless it's Fauci or Osterholm, okay. I'm, I'm not releasing any medical information. I have no business doing so. I personally am entirely comfortable uh, in trusting what my friend sent me, personally. Uh, but everyone else, you make up your own mind. Okay. You do your own research. That's fair. And I'll never do this again, ever. Uh, you learn something in this day and age. You learn something but about... Here, but you know what, Joe? I, I, that That's completely cool. But I guess my bigger point is with people that are lashing out saying, well, how come this isn't being covered by you know the, the, the national news media? Well, you are the same people that are mad at the national news media for covering this disease to the extent that you are. That's a yeah. perfect segue, Chris, and I'm glad you brought that up. And Thank do you, you. Do you have anything to say about that, Joe? Because what? that's another thing we were attacked uh, uh, on over the weekend. The fact that we're considered media and that we're now we're never <clears throat> evidently... You guys you guys take it over. My man is on the phone. I'll be right back to you. Okay. E- evidently, we're never... It's about time, Kenny. Let's take over the show. <laughs> we're never Trumpers now, and we're part of the evil media, right. and we're perpetuating what they think 
is this COVID-19 myth, which is just a made-up thing from the left and, uh, and, and, and enforced and propagated and promoted by the crazy left media. And, and we're constantly getting beat up uh, w- with that. And it, it's exhausting because that's it, 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 so far from the truth. Well, and here's what I don't get, Kenny. They're, they're mad because we're covering what might go down as the biggest news story in what? The last... 25 years? Well, since 9-11. Since 9-11. I yeah. mean, th- this is it, and this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And none of us are making this up, and none of us, and the one thing that really irritated me is some people think we being, again, part of the media, which mm-hmm. I don't consider myself that, um, are are joyous, and this makes us happy, and we're we're uh, jumping for joy over the fact that we get to report on all these deaths and this carnage and this, and that that's it couldn't be further from the oh truth. Oh my God! All the reporters I run into in this building are devastated. They're depressed. This is getting us down. This is awful, and we all want to talk about anything else but this. Mm-hmm. And, and to those that, and again, it's it, we're talking to what less than five percent. Of the people that listen to this show every day, I would say I, so. I, yeah. I guarantee it's less than five percent. Yeah, trust me. There, there are. We would rather be talking about a really cool story of a guy that discovered an old wooden boat in the eighteen whatever, or, or Such having a new fart button. Right, anything, We'd anything love but this. To be doing that, we hate talking about this. As a matter of fact, we're bringing John Height back today via the phone, and the big idea last week was it's going to be all. Non-COVID-19 news. Yes. It can be good news, it can be bad news, but no matter what it is, it can't be COVID-19 news. Guess what? It's almost impossible to yeah. find non-COVID-19 news. We, it's a struggle. We were going to do the all kickers. That's what we call them, yeah. the kickers. That's yeah. all we want. We Just want funny joke. We want goofball. lighthearted news. You can't find any lighthearted news. Right. You know, so it's not as easy as they think. And my God, we're certainly not... Uh, this isn't fun for us. But it's just a lazy... It's we a, hear you, Joe. It's a lazy <laughs> argument when you say the media, dot, dot, dot. Stop yeah. it. Thank you. Okay, I just got off the phone to the fellow who sent me the email. Hey, when, he answered the, when you answered the phone, did you say, what's up, Doc? No, I did not. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there is insufficient data okay. to suggest that Advil is harmful, but there is data to suggest that it very well could be. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes. And it was simply his admonition that if you've got a, a, a fever or a muscle aches or whatnot, take Tylenol and gut it out, because his answer is, why take the risk until we have further data? Yep, that's, that, right. that's perfectly stated. And, right. and the other thing is, let's not play dumb here and think that there's not a, and I won't name them, but there's not a multi-million dollar uh, company that sells ibuprofen that might have an interest in this news not getting out. I, I, let's even not even go there. I have no idea. Okay. Well, my point, my point is that even talking to my pal, uh, you can sense that possibly he released that too early. Hmm. He, he might have been a little early. But it's, but it's his counsel to, if you can, uh, if you can gut it out with Tylenol, uh, for a fever yep. or muscle aches or whatever, uh, it is his counsel that you would be wise to. Uh, but that's my last word on this. Everyone's on their own yep. uh, when it comes to medications. I will never go down that road 
again because I am descended from a, a woman in a sod hut. And, and, uh, Jesus. Jesus. You know, I, I, I seem to remember telling you my ancestors lived in the sod huts, and you were accusing me of having turnips in my pocket and straw yeah. in my hair. I'm with you, brother. I'm and, with you, and brother. dirt in my ears and everything yeah. else. Say, did you guys read uh, really an interesting piece in the Pioneer Press over the weekend uh, yesterday? I read Souchere's piece in the Pioneer Press. I thought that was interesting, and I I really thought the comments were interesting. (laughs) Well, boy, did you stir up the troops? No, let's let's no, let's go there for a minute. Uh, Another interesting dynamic that I've referenced before. I wrote yesterday about the salon and what they wish for us is absolutely wrong in the times of a pandemic. Uh, We don't want to be squeezed together in high-rise housing and on trains and buses and collective use of bicycles and what have you. Invariably, I would say the greatest percentage of the people who responded to that column on the Pioneer Press website uh, found it agreeable to them. The greatest percentage found it agreeable to them. They agreed that that's a problem. On Facebook, though, uh, which I don't access because I don't have an account, I have been told that I got ripped to shreds for it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the second time that's happened. And so there's, this, there's a dynamic shift between the people who must actually take the time to respond to something in the newspaper on the newspaper's own site and the people who skip the newspaper's site and go directly to their community. You can foghorn that if you want. Go directly to their, their Facebook community. What I ass- And I, I don't understand what, what it is. What I assume is that the people who... Um who send the angry tweets and the angry mm-hmm. stuff on Facebook didn't actually read it. Bingo. Yeah. Because They're reading the headline. I discovered yes. this like in the 80s in my career when I said something extremely foul, and uh, it's, Doug Grow wrote a column about me, and then there were a whole bunch of letters to the editor about me from people who didn't hear or understand the situation. They just hated me for hating me. Yep. In that column, I referenced my attempt to reach the mayor, Melvin Carter. Right. But, uh, but he wasn't available. Nobody answered the phone. Well, he's now lashing out on Twitter saying, right. well, I'm sorry I wasn't available. I've been busy feeding people. Right. You know, unless you have something right. constructive. You know, call back if you have something constructive to say. He made it well, sound like he was doing the Lord's work. Right. I heard that he's on paternity leave. Now, I can't verify that. But I got that from a reasonable source that he's on mater- uh, paternity leave. Well, and not to uh, mention, how many times have and, we reached out to him to be a guest on the show, oh, and we don't even get a response? Ad nauseum. And that's this, the protected layer that you always talk about. This, this, this show is devolving into some intramural uh, concerns. Let's just rise above it. I don't care that he's on me. Uh, uh, I, I'm confident in what I wrote, and I don't care what the Facebook people say. So everything's cool. Got it. So I was, I, I, you know, I come from a sod hut. I can take these. Things. <laughs> You're a stout Minnesotan. That's yep, what I am. You're yep. stoic. Oh, absolutely. So while you were away and you were talking to the doctor, we uh, set up the fact that we um, have arranged for John Height to come on, and uh, the initial idea was to have John do only positive, fun, or interesting stories, kicker stories, non. Good luck to him. Good luck to him. Non-COVID-19 related <laughs> stories, and we actually came uh, we came clean 
with GLers telling uh, them that that's really, really hard to find right now. It really is. It'll be a- you want to take a, you want to take a break and come back with John? Yeah, let's I, t- do I told that. him twelve thirty. So yeah. All right, let's do that. All right. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. Like every other responsible business in Minnesota, Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen Alfa Romeo in Fiat in Maplewood is taking additional steps uh, adhering to the guidelines from uh, Governor Walz's stay-at-home issued uh, late Friday. Uh, there are updated hours of operation now at Schmel's Countryside, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m., Saturday, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now, on-site sales appointment only. So here's what you do. You go to the three great websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Find out what you're most interested in, call, and get the appointment. Uh, so ultimately, there will be no browsing on the sales floor. you got to make an appointment. This is good. This is safe for everybody. Uh, on-floor employees are working half shifts to limit their own uh, exposure. Uh, you know what? You guys get me their number, please, because mm-hmm. uh, Chris didn't include the Ron didn't include the number on this. Uh, on-floor employees are working half shifts to limit their expo- uh, exposure. They're cleaning and disinfecting. Uh, disinfecting that's happening throughout the day and thoroughly in between shifts. Uh, they have your best interests at heart. They have your health at heart, uh, and they're doing what they can to make your shopping for a new car safe and enjoyable, and they've got great, great inventory. I've been recommending these Alfa Romeos. I've owned two. I recommend the Volkswagens. I've owned many. Uh, I'm, I'm, if we ever crawl out of the other end of this, I'll still be interested in a Fiat. But right now, they're operating with, uh, with the stay-at-home orders in mind. You called them. Six. Six five one two four three four three one six. That's for Schmel's Countryside. Just a minute. Give me that again. Six five one two four three four three one six. Okay. So there you have it. They're going to take care of you at Schmel's Countryside. It's on the southeast quadrant of Highway thirty six and sixty one in Maplewood. Call them at six five one. Two four three four three one six. You have not done a Schmel's ad without saying quadrant. It I makes, like the quad. Makes words. me so happy. I love <laughs> yeah. it too. That's the kind of words we use back in the sod hut days. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you've got a John's on the line. You've got to catch him up. So he John, knows. yes. Uh, it turns out my grandmother on my father's side was born in a sod hut in 1879, and none of us knew that. Really? So this so is. I'm just. This I'm is, telling everybody. It's completely changed who he is. Everything's I, different, John. He, he's 100 yeah. percent a different person. He's now. I'm bear, a country. He's bear gorilla, or what's the bear gorilla? Bear gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He, wow. He's the he's the grandson of a pioneer. John, yeah, I'm straight so, in from the prairie. That makes you a pioneer, then. Yeah, I'm You're a pioneer, guy. and I went to Hill High School, and the name was the Pioneer. That's well, true. Of oh, course. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Hill High Fire School Joe. back then was on the prairie. Right, yeah. right. Here's here's Johnny Height from his remote bunker GL newsroom. What kind of uh, news did you find, John? Well, you know, uh, we talked uh, off off uh, podcast here about maybe you know not not so much coronavirus and stuff. There's not a whole lot of news out there that isn't coronavirus. <laughs> I, know, I know, but uh, I got a few and, and a few with a, a good angle on coronavirus, or, if we can find one actually on coronavirus. 
Uh, first thing, though, uh, uh, tornadoes. You heard about those in Arkansas. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Did you know we had some up in our neck of the woods? Yeah. What? I did not know that. No. They came as far north as, was it Waterloo, John? Uh, well, I got ones in Wisconsin, actually. Wow. I, I didn't even know about the ones in Waterloo. Yeah, but they were, uh, what, they were F1s. F1s, yeah. You know what that is? That's, That's nothing. Nothing. Uh, that was in Lacrosse. It did cover those six point three miles. No injury. Yeah. Well, you might lose a tin shed roof or something like that. Or a back sod when hut. I, well, back in the sod <laughs> hut days, you could lose some sod. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there weren't as many sod huts back then as there are now, so it wouldn't have caused as much damage, right? What? <laughs> well, you always say tornadoes. Now we have so much population and so many buildings. Oh yeah, yeah. So Popular, back in those days, you know. You, Sod hut here, sod hut there. Yeah, yeah, they missed most of the sod. The Sushiray ancestors would have survived, though, because they were stout and stoic, and <laughs> yeah. they were pioneers. So wait they a had minute. big horses. Is it because maybe we've been staying at home, there's less traffic, there's less pollution, so now we're getting more tornadoes in March? No, no, you're not wait. getting any more in March. Wait. In fact, there have been very few. Man alive, put some coins in the bucket. I, I kind of like the way he's thinking, though. I, no, I was ready thinking. to go with that. He's not thinking. <laughs> hey, a nice coronavirus story amidst all the awfulness of this illness. A state trooper here in Minnesota pulled over a doctor for speeding on an east-central Minnesota interstate, oh. told her she should know better, and sent her on her way, grateful for receiving only a warning and not a ticket. Oh. Now, he also gave her a fistful of the coveted N95 medical mask that wow. were right. for his protection. Good oh. for him. She is Dr. Sarosh Ashraf Janjwa. She's a Boston native and cardiologist. Uh, she wrote on Facebook, I burst into tears after he stopped me and gave me the mask. It happened March 21st along I-35 in North Branch. She was traveling from work in Duluth for a break in Minneapolis. Uh, now, she does this. I didn't know doctors did this, but she shuttles between Buffalo, New York, and substitute duties in Minnesota. Really? Buffalo? You know what she, you know what she did the what? minute the trooper left? She went 100 miles an hour again. Right. No, no <laughs> See, and that's what I thought, John. I thought she was going to get what we all dream of, police escort. Oh, that's what I thought when you, I read the story. Yeah, Katie. you spool it up to a buck ten, and you're right drafting <laughs> his bumper. And he's, he's like, stay with me, stay with me. That'd be so awesome. Follow my lead. Yeah. Get right up on my bumper. <laughs> she said he sternly told her not to drive that fast because, well, we need her around to treat people at this point. So he said, yeah. don't don't take chances. She was doing 85, by the way, in the 70. Oh, that's nothing. Come on. Jeez. About 15 miles an hour less than what Such does on the way to work. That's right. <laughs> you know what I did? Look at this. I got my piece of paper right here. And I was driving to work today. I was holding out the window. Nope, I'm good. I'm good. Got it right here. Is that your letter of transit? Uh huh. Yeah. And Joe, there's more people than just media people that have letters of transit. No, no, no. Right. Just, uh, just media. <laughs> yeah. I, just media. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to tell you this, but my wife has one. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, so really? My, yeah. So does my wife. And I got my, mine. I and got my mine son. Tape, I got mine taped to the windshield. I thought it was. A, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was special. Like an old in the old days, the the press oh. would have placards they'd put on their dashboard that could drive right up to the scene of a fire. Right. That's that's what I thought. Right. This was. Press. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry to burst that bubble. Damn it. Uh, one other uh, strange, strange story that involves coronavirus: an Australian astrophysicist admitted to the hospital after getting four magnets stuck up his nose. Trying to invent a device that stops people from touching their face during the outbreak. 
I'm stuck in handcuffs and can't get out. Dr. Daniel Reardon, a research fellow at a Melbourne university, was building a necklace that sounds an alarm on facial contact when it happened last Thursday. He's 27 years old. He studies... He studies pulsars and gravitational waves. He said he was trying to liven up the boredom of self-isolation with four powerful neodymium magnets. Uh-huh. He, said, he said, I have some electronic equipment, but really no experience or expertise in building circuits or anything. I had a part that detects magnetic fields. I thought if I built a circuit that could detect the field and we wore magnets on our wrists, then it could set off an alarm if you brought it too close to your face. Huh. However... Yeah. The academic realized the electronic part he had did the opposite, would only complete a circuit when there was no magnetic field present. So he ac- uh, present, excuse me. He accidentally invented a necklace that buzzes continuously unless you move your hand oh. close oh. to your face. So he tried to get him out, but he said he couldn't. Well, Two magnets were inside his nostrils. He couldn't so just like out. take a piece of steel, a screwdriver, or something. Well, How about he, a he big did, farmer blow. Yeah, he he tried to, he tried all of that actually. Huh. He said uh, he put two magnets inside his nostrils, two on the outside. When he removed the magnets from the outside of his nose, the two inside stuck together. Reavers, <laughs> get your finger out of your nose! What's wrong with you? I think he's trying it over there. Oh, I'm just imagining how that would that would not be fun. That would. Unfortunately, not. he then tried to use his remaining magnets to remove the ones in his nose. <laughs> God almighty. Calling Dr. Howard, Dr. Fine, (laughs) Dr. Howard. He just kept doubling down. Nah, it's time it'll work. (laughs) He said his partner who works with him at the hospital was laughing at him. I was trying trying to pull them out, but there's a ridge at the bottom of my nose that you can't get past. I struggled for 20 minutes. I decided to Google a problem, found an article about an 11 year old boy who had the same problem. His solution more magnets. That didn't work either, so he headed to the hospital. They had to anesthetize his nose and then manually remove the magnets from his nose. Well, I'm glad my grandma has uh, left this veil of tears because this is when she would have said, remember when you were young, Kenny, and you crammed about 20 berries up your nose? (laughs) My brother sneezed once and a whole pickle came out of his nose. What? 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 Honest to God, honest to God. <laughs> wait, wait, which brother? Because this will explain a lot. Johnny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. I, I just watched a show this morning, a guy that was doing shots of liquor through his nose. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was one of those uh, sweet dills, you know, the little about there an inch long. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, not yeah. the flat kind, the you know the round kind. Yep. And he, yeah. he somehow that got in the chute there and flew out. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay good money at a circus to see that happen. Well, he's the same guy that pushed in the cigarette lighter in the car and put it to his lips. I have a pretend mayor story since you're a pretend mayor, Joe. Well, watch yourself. Oh, Sorry, he, he comes I'm from. Feeling, us. Comes I'm, 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 I'm longtime Prairie Minnesotan. He's, yeah, yeah. he's getting awfully point. bold since he's on the telephone. That's right. He's a pioneer, <laughs> yeah. John. He's a pioneer. Clay County Sheriff Patrick Robinson. Uh, this is uh, in Florida, by the way. Clay County is reporting on March 27th. Julia Hill, 41, was arrested. The arrest occurred when Deputy Arnold was dispatched to a complaint of a possible intoxicated female at the hotel on Highway 80. When he got there, he came into contact with the female who was under the influence 
Uh, also, it was noted the above-mentioned subject claimed to be the mayor of the city, demanded a room and said, don't you know who I am? Yeah, I've tried that a lot. <laughs> doesn't work. <laughs> Julia Hill charged with public intoxication of a controlled substance. The problem is, Joe, when you try that, you're at home. Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say, don't you know who I am, the answer is no. No. <laughs> no. Who are you and why are you here? <laughs> Uh, and uh, apparently coronavirus is not stopping thieves. A, a Dutch uh, painting by the Dutch master Vincent van Gogh, or I guess we call him van Gogh if we know what we're talking about, huh? Well, no, I, I go I go in with go. Yeah, if, I go with go. If your origins are a sod hut, it's go, van Gogh. Go it's also go. it's also Such. Does this mean you're now going to be calling it a crick? And, no, well, yeah. I, I might I might have and to. And yeah. manure? Yeah, I might have to. Yeah. Have to, yeah. yeah. And tur. Uh, Ter, manure, <laughs> theater, theater, theater. Yes, sir. That's how Pat says. And New Ulm, New Ulm, New Ulm. The uh, Van Gogh stolen from the Singer Laren Museum east of Amsterdam in a smash and grab. The painting was the Parsonage Garden at Noonan in spring 1884, taken in the early hours of Monday. By early afternoon, all that could be seen from the outside of the museum, a large white panel covering a door in the building's glass facade. The value of the work on loan from the Groninger Museum was not immediately known, and police are investigating the theft. That's all I could find on it, too. So this was, uh, I'm assuming, the only piece that was taken, right, John? Yeah, they just smashed. So you know it's already hanging in the hall of whoever hired the bad guys to steal it, right? Exactly. Because, yeah, this is a collector somewhere. It's a a really lovely piece, too. It's really Mm -hmm. neat. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so we solved that one. Uh, That museum, by the way, has had uh, one other thing stolen back in 2007. Seven works stolen from a sculpture garden, including a bronze cast of the Thinker. You guys know the Thinker, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Gobi yeah. Gillis. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie. <laughs> That's right. Good reference. Yeah. Famous sculpture was recovered a few days later, missing a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Dobie Gillis. Dobie Gillis. Remember that the statue was out in front I, of the high school or something? I do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dwayne Hickman. No. Dwayne Hickman. Dwayne Hickman. Okay. Yeah. Bob Denver was on there. Oh, yeah, Gillis. he was the he was a beatnik. Right, Gilligan. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, Johnny, your post, did we lose John Prine? Not yet. Not oh, yet. Oh, man, I saw that this morning. And I did see something earlier that said he had stabilized. Oh, good. But well, it's the only the only evidence I saw was just one tweet. Well, he's working on about one and a half lungs, so he's got some issues. Yeah. Right, he right. He's had cancer twice. He has a stent. He lost half a lung, so yeah. he's... Uh, he would be endangered, as they say. I, th- I think so. Compromised. Compromised. Good word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, we lost Alan Merrill today, the guy that wrote "I Love Rock and Roll," yep. uh, and Joe Diffie yesterday. Pretty good country singer. Yeah, uh, a big, big country singer. Well, and yeah. uh, everybody was worried because Eric Clapton was trending today. I saw. It's and everybody's all worked up. It's like it's his birthday. So right. we're, <laughs> we're good. So uh, I just watched a documentary about Joan Jett. Now this the, the guy we lost today. Tell me, tell me who he is and what he wrote. He was he was in a band uh, called I think the Arrows, if I remember correctly. When in, he wrote "I Love Rock and Roll" in London. It. Uh, I thought he was a New York guy. Was but this, I could be wrong. Is that. this the one that Jett covered? Yes, she covered the song. Yeah, the one she had the big hit with. I love rock and roll. Okay, I got it. Move yeah. on. Yeah. Move on. Huge hit. Huge yeah. hit. 
Yes. Gigantic. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Big. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Tremendous. Incredible. Just incredible. Jesus and the two Corinthians. Yep. And the Easter Met Bunny. Met the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I did a, um, I did a I, uh, deep dive on that guy's account. He's, oh, he's got a lot of good stuff on his Twitter account. He's hilarious. And, uh, it ev- was so good. Evidently, I watched he, it the other day. He's got, a, uh, he's got a big YouTube account, too, where a lot of his stuff are. And he does a podcast as, as pres- President Trump. Yeah. 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 J. L. Coven, C. A. U. V. I. N. J. L. Coven. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I grabbed all the news I could. <laughs> Is that it? Are you done? <laughs> I was told five to seven minutes. Well, actually, this is good, John. John that's fantastic. Thank you enough for all the time. <laughs> Love to talk to you. Actually, this is good because I've been wanting to talk to you, and I sent you a tweet over the weekend yes, that you did. completely ignored. No, I didn't ignore it. You didn't answer it. Why well, I hadn't caught up yet with what you wanted to know. About. I want to know <laughs> what your opinion is on murder most foul. The well, Bob, Dylan's new song. The Bob Dylan yeah, song. I just listened to the whole thing. I yeah. see, I'd heard bits and pieces, hadn't listened to the whole thing. I just listened to the whole thing. It's very interesting. Oh, that, that's not good. That's that, a min- means you, that means it's dreadful. Yeah, that's a Minnesotan no, thing I, for it's gross. I, 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 I still have to figure out. I mean, I have a thought of what, what he was trying to do or what he did. Well, did, uh, but I have to listen to. So it wait, so John, is that is that why you were only able to come up with five stories, three of which were Corona related? Related? It's because you were listening to a fifteen minute Chris, Dylan song. Chris, you weren't in any of the conversations this morning where I was told to get five to seven minutes of news. I've now been on about twelve minutes. So hey, <laughs> shut up, Johnny. Thank you. Well, wait a minute, well, Jesus, no, suit, Kenny, Kenny, we, Kenny. I, I've been waiting for three days to talk well, to John you, about you, this. Yeah, well, you don't. He has nothing to offer. He already said it. It's, uh, uh, what are you having for lunch, John? <laughs> Whatever. You'll have to research that, John, and get back to us. What lunch? No, uh, the uh, Dylan song. What, what's your well, What's your rush suit? You I, like, I like this. You got to go to the bathroom or something. Yeah, are I you do. In some big hurry here <laughs> to like, get rid of John. I like the song. I like what he did lyrically. It sounds to me like he's trying to uh, explain that the Kennedy assassination was the beginning of you know us going completely to hell, but. I'm not sure what all the music references are. There must be a hundred different artist and song references in that song. Yeah, hmm. and he gotta be. and he jumps forward and backward in time and yeah, jazz and, to rock. Yeah, to, I yeah. think I'm not sure, but I think I really, really love it. I, I think I'm not sure. Well, I like it. Yeah, I didn't mean to sound like I didn't like it. You guys made it sound like I didn't. I, I interesting. I mean, interesting. I don't. I, that's not just meant to but disparage. The like. words or the talking, singing, or whatever he's doing doesn't really match up with the music, does it? It's a, it's a weird feel. I kept trying to get a feel for that. You, you can't it, get into a groove. It, yeah, Plus, I'm a bad for, waiter, and the thing's 11 minutes long or 12 no, minutes 17. long. Oh, 17. Oh, 17. <laughs> That's even worse than I thought. Yeah. John, thank you. You bet. We yeah. tried, John. <laughs> Boys, I've got some interesting news from Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, one, I find very interesting. Because of its geographical layout, it's not expected to become an epicenter, which uh, goes a long way uh, in in uh, suggesting that that high density living in the time of a pandemic is a culprit. Well, but L.A. is spread out through that entire basin, and it's really helping with their social distancing. Really? And the second thing is, <laughs> what a time in L.A. to own a Ferrari. 
people are getting speeding tickets because there's nobody on the freeway, so they're routinely stopping people for going over 100 miles an hour. Wow. The freeways are empty, and these cats with great cars are out there tearing it up. Letting her loose. Tearing it up. And they're, uh, they're issuing tickets as fast as they can. We're seeing a rise in motorists traveling at excessive speeds in the Bay Area. Uh, there is no faster way to get a suspended license than driving 100 miles an hour or more. Uh, here's a Hyundai. Some Hyundai went 115 you miles an hour. You don't follow me on Twitter, do you? You must have me muted. If I do, it's by accident. Uh, because we, I've been talking about this on Twitter for the last three weeks. Oh, good. Well, I am following you, and I didn't see this anything is a, about L.A. It's a, a nationwide phenomenon right now that there's so many people driving like they're absolutely insane right could you imagine on i-5 on a beautiful sunset driving a hundred that'd be so awesome and and you know what while we're at it such can you be my therapist for a second tell me when i get past i'm doing you know maybe 510 over the limit i get passed by a honda a hyundai or whatever they are doing 120 i get mad however when i get passed by a ferrari doing 120 I'm cheering the guy on. Right, right. What is wrong with me there? What what the hell's my deal? Well, because you know perfectly well the Ferrari is being driven by someone who wants to go that fast, and the Hyundai is driven by somebody who doesn't even know they're going that fast. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. You're amazing. I I owe you $120, sir. They they have no idea. In fact, they don't even know how to stop. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Let me say... uh, Oh, I meant to tell you before the uh, <coughs> before John Height, there was a great piece in the Pioneer Press yesterday picking up a New York Times piece uh, that Sweden is has done nothing to control the coronavirus. Nothing is closed. It's life as usual. Bars and restaurants open. And I find the answer, and their numbers are no different than their surrounding neighbors, Norway, Denmark. Their numbers are no different. And I, I find it a fascinating because you, you know what they're uh, attributing this to? It, Norway has a population of 5.3 million, and they've had 3,770 coronavirus cases and 19 deaths. Denmark, 5.6 million people, 2,200 cases and 52 deaths. Sweden, with 10.12 million people, recorded more than 3,060 deaths uh, cases and 105 deaths. So pr- pr- on, a, on a proportion scale, they're about the same, right? Uh, but you know what this is being attributed to? Oh. That the health ministry in Sweden, the government of Sweden, and the people of Sweden, they all trust each other to do the right thing. Wow, isn't that Isn't that truth? something? They trust each other to, so they're doing their, they're practicing wise counsel. They're they're distancing if they feel they need to. Well, that's their version of space management, right? Yeah. And uh, they're they're trying to slow the spread of it, but the uh, uh, Sweden's approach appeals to the public's self restraint and sense of responsibility. Well, we're all about restraint. See, that won't work here. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is this going to provide fodder for those of us uh, that are saying that the government has way overstepped their boundaries and closing things down? No, it won't work here because, A, we have too many people, and, B, among the too many people are people who will not practice responsibility. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Uh, that's uh, I think Sweden has something to be terribly proud of there. This is the other. I've told you guys this for years, and I never see it get brought up. Whenever this country wishes to talk about socialized medicine, and any of them point to the Scandinavian countries, uh, do they realize? Let's review it again. Uh, Denmark. I'm sorry, Norway. Five point three million people. That's about the population of Minnesota. Right. In the country of Norway. Uh, Denmark, population 5.6 million. Of course they can practice socialized medicine. Sure. There aren't enough people to worry They're about. They take big, care of yeah, it. Yeah, one big family. You can't do it in a country of 350 million people, uh, many of whom are clinically obese and getting into fights at Costco because they can't buy 548 cases of Mountain Dew. Right. Right. So it just it's not I just thought that was fascinating. Uh they're not they're not bragging about this. They they uh uh in explaining Sweden's current strategy, experts point to other underlying factors. The country has high levels of trust, according to historian Lars Trogard, and a strict law in the constitution prohibits the government from meddling in the affairs of the administrative authorities, such as the public health agency. Therefore, you don't need to micromanage or control behavior at a detailed level through prohibitions or threat of sanctions or fines or imprisonment. Tragarth said in a phone interview, this is how Sweden stands apart, even from Denmark and Norway. Isn't that fascinating? Tragarth said Sweden's level of trust was manifested in other ways. Not only do citizens have confidence in public institutions and governmental agencies and vice versa, but high social trust exists among the citizens. Sweden initially banned gatherings of 500 people. Early in the outbreak, some event organizers suggested they would try to get around the crowd limit by allowing precisely 499 ticket holders into their venues. Uh... Tegel said the state, epi, uh, the state epi, Tegnell, the state epidemiologist said that is why bans don't work. People find a way around rules so they don't bother doing the bans. Isn't that amazing? And their numbers are, are holding about what they are in countries that are that are uh, cracking down. Uh, in this country, I don't really don't. I really don't see the option. Uh, it's got to be social distancing. Yeah, I, I would have assumed that's why Sweden was so good because they don't. Like me, they don't like other people. <laughs> did you uh, did you see the differences in the way the swine flu was handled between the cities of Philadelphia and St. Louis I did in 1918? Not. No, Philadelphia huh? enacted no social distancing, and thousands and thousands and thousands of people died. St. Louis went into a very very strict quarantining and completely minimized the deaths huh. in 1918. Wow. Philadelphia even had a parade uh, for World War I uh, and you know, tens of thousands of people in the streets, and they lost tens of thousands of people. St. Louis said, huh. no, thank you. We're clamping down, and, and, and on a percentage basis, very few people died in St. Louis. And you think that's something uh, comparable and, and something we should pay heed to? I think if you want to look for silver linings in the local Minnesota news, the social distancing appears to be working. Okay. Can I, it I, appears I need, to be working. I need to ask something, so forgive me if you need to drop coins in the scan bucket. I'm ready. I don't have that sounder here. My God, I wish I did. Wasn't 1918 the Spanish flu? I thought. It what was, did I say? I, I thought it was, the, yeah, the flu. The Spanish flu, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay, because yeah. you said swine flu. I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Minute. I'm sorry. I was wrong. The Spanish flu. Okay. The Spanish so flu. am I off the hook? 
Yes, and I'm on, I'm I'm on the hook. Okay, but well, know, that's why I, we're here to to, to well, help each well, other out. Since we took a bit of a left turn there, I I do want to tell you, you being from the prairie, it, I'm it, for a sad hut. It, it's pronounced thousands, thousands, Ta- thousands, <laughs> yeah. thousands. You drop the H. The H is silent. Oh, thousands. I wonder where the hell she got educated. Uh, she had to get educated once the family moved to St. Paul. Well, there were schools then. I oh mean, no, not they, not out where we were at the they, hut. No, they, they no, went. No. They got educated in each other's houses because she was an extraordinarily gifted uh, pianist and uh, uh, all kinds of things. And I, I don't think we had a piano in the hut. It's, I just don't think there was one. It's just amazing that I've been a turnip-eating hillbilly for oh, yeah. my whole life until right. I can't tell you, Kenny. Yesterday, I love it. I can't tell you how much you just made my day for using the word thousands. Oh yeah, thousands. All I'm thinking about now is grandpa. <laughs> yeah, of course. Oh, my God. That's how my grandpa talked. <laughs> thousands, uh, thousands, and thousands of them suffered. <laughs> thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, let's take a short time out, fellas. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. The best lawn you've ever had is a simple click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. That tired, patchy, disease-riddled disaster of a throw-up lawn that you've been fighting for years and years and years. Forget about it. They're going to transform that thing into a thick, luscious carpet of green. ProfessionalTurf.com. They've been at it since the earliest of the 80s. And when you set up a free consultation, they'll come out to your place, give you a free, it's a free lawn care estimate, but they do it in person. It's not over the phone. And then they're going to set you up with a three to five step program that will give you the best lawn on the block from now until late fall. Clicking on ProfessionalTurf.com all those years ago, it was the best thing I ever did for my lawn. I never worry about it. I never lift a finger, and it's the best on the block. Do yourself a favor. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you. Uh, I must read this email. Uh, I apologize for my lack of knowledge. Joe, let me be the 4,291st person to lecture you about Rookie's scooter battery. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I really don't mean to bust your chops here, and I myself am way down on the knack scale, but in my youth I did get some experience with motorized two-wheel, two-wheel conveyances. When you get one of those batteries shipped dry with the accompanying container of fresh acid and you pour the fresh acid into the battery, the battery is ready to go. It doesn't need charging. The charger Rookie was talking about and his confusing explanation of a 612 switch might probably refer to 6-volt or 12-volt and not amps. If it did refer to amps, then you and Kenny were correct and put it on the lowest amp setting to trickle charge the battery. If, as I suspect, the switch was between 6-volt and 12-volt, then you had him charging a battery, probably a 12-volt battery, with a 6-volt charging current. I must admit I'm not sure uh, what that would do because all of the automotive mistakes I've made, and I've made some doozies, uh, I've always managed to get the 6-volt, 12-volt thing correct. And at one time, I did drive a 1951 Ford with a six-volt system. Good luck to you all, Michael Norgon. Uh, Can I ask the GM? We're wrong. Something? We're wrong. No, the bat. No. The bat. Kenny, shush, Kenny. No, you gotta. No. You gotta. Uh, no, Kenny, no, I'm not gonna shush. I'm not gonna. Well, take we'll have this a little time. talk. We'll have a little talk because after the what show. you and I and and uh, you see what you, I'm doing to you right now, Kenny. What Reavers and I, what we all do when rookie comes on, no matter what he does, Joe, no matter what. He's doing it wrong. I it's, get that. Part. It's a bit. It's I a bit. We, we all gotta, we want is the GLers to play along with us. 
We had a, we have to settle something though between All us. Right. I I've purchased a number of batteries and I don't recall getting the accompanying jug of acid. It's been so long since I've done that, and and those are good batteries, and that's just that's fine to do it that way, but it's just nowadays it's just so easy to just buy one right off the shelf, put it in, and go. You don't have to fill anything up. There's no caps. There's no nothing, and it's just ready. It's a sealed battery. I'm also getting emails from people uh, volunteering. To solve rookie scooter problem and get it running for them. No, no GLers. No, no. GLers. Uh, Come on, you've got to play along with us. Don't be the mansplainer here. We, no matter. Here's the rule. No matter what rookie does, it's wrong. Okay, even when it's right, it's wrong. Another piece from yesterday's Pioneer Press. Maybe you saw this. Uh, it's about a uh, a fellow in Wisconsin in Madison who's the ice-out guy. He's the assistant climatologist with the Wisconsin State Climatology Office. His name is Ed Hopkins. And uh, it's one of those stories where, of course, he builds up to the idea that he contends the, uh, the ice season on the lakes is, is growing shorter. And uh, he is more than willing to accept climate change is that answer. According to records, the ice season on Lake Mendota has shrunk by more than two weeks since the 70s. The average so far this century, about 85 days, is more than a month shorter than it was in the 1800s. And then he goes on to to say, uh, I have nothing, uh, uh, I have no bone to pick with Mr. Hopkins. My point being, this is one of those stories where you could take any 50-year block of history and come up with anomalies. Oh, yeah. Remember earlier this year we had one about uh, people talking about the snowfall seasons? Right. Well, you could, you could go back to 1872 and say, boy, we had a lot more snow this year than we did in 1868. The point being, there is no point. There is no point. And for you, uh, particularly Kenny, yeah. uh, if not Rook, Height, and uh, Reavers, you mock me for my reporting of the ice out dates. Yeah. I, I do it for two reasons. One, to irritate you. And two, <laughs> two, I, I find it fascinating because in 150 years, the variables really haven't changed much at all. Now, there's another thing. Do you know that uh, as early as 1443, Japanese lakes were watched for ice outs by holy men writing down freeze and thaw dates? Wow. 1443. So I'm in a long line of uh, people who come, not only from a sod hut, but from yeah. from almost a, a theological interest in the uh, in the ice and ice well, out dates. Well, how does that how does that play into theology? Well, I'm like one of them them uh, Japanese holy men. One of them know? there. Yeah, one of them guys. For thousands of years, they've thousands. been doing this. For thousands of years, they've been doing See, this. See, here, I thought you were going to go to the card of, well, my own paper did a piece on an ice-out guy in another state. Where, where, where's my piece on me? Yeah, I'm the yeah. ice-out guy. They're not going to do a piece on me. But, you know, this guy, this guy uh, Hopkins, he might say, well, the ice went out on uh, Lake, nice Lake Mendota. Well, beautiful, tremendous lake, tremendous. There were a lot of things there, a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, Some of might, them not so good. Yeah, he might. He, 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 You've always got to turn it backwards yeah he might he might note for example that uh, as spoon lake went out yesterday march 29th maybe mendota went out uh, uh i thought i don't even think Mendota's out yet but my point being so this year it's march 29th big deal next year might be april 15th 
there's there's no nothing to get alarmed about. Nope. There's there's nothing you can find in ice out data that suggests anything except this has been going on since the Japanese holy men have been recording ice outs in Japan. 1343. It makes no difference. You can find a set of figures to accompany or to corroborate your contention that the ice outs are indicating something. No, they're not. Then how come the earliest ice out date in history on Minnetonka is what, 1811? The earliest one ever? So I just rest my case there. I just rest my case. I also have a note from... uh, from Dave Bliss, I was supposed to be back in Bulgaria this week. I had GL podcast set up to listen to on the flight, with world events being what they are. Oh, my I emplo- suppose, yeah, he can't get back. My employer grounded all travel for the time being, so I remain in Stillwater. All in all, it's not a bad place to be stuck. I believe his wife's over there, though. Didn't she? Uh, well, maybe I'm thinking of someone. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, the Polish no, couple. That might be his girlfriend. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Bliss is going, Probably. yeah, hon, I can't get back. Probably his girlfriend, Such. <laughs> These are tense times and people are acting irrationally. Just last week, I was at a grocery store and I saw a young man with a cart full to overflowing with toilet paper and disinfectant. I have to confess that this pandemic has gotten to me in a way that is perhaps not healthy and my anger came out against this hoarder. Reverse, are you focused and paying attention? Huh? I yelled at him. I told him that he is what is wrong with the world today. I told him in no uncertain terms that his hoarding was disgusting and he needed to reexamine his life. He calmly replied, I'm very sorry that you feel that way, sir. May I go back to restocking the shelves now? Boom. Boom. All right. Hang in there, Mayor Dave Bliss. You know, it's it's really a bad deal, though, Reeves, when I have to say, are you paying attention? Chenny, to tell him I was on the mouse ready to rock. Uh, uh, I don't know because I'm watching cartoons. Where's the party? I don't know what's going on. Always at the ready. Joe, I've been a listener since the late 90s when I would listen to the show waiting to pick up my kids from school and head home from work. The last month, the podcast has had topics that have been of great interest to me, and I thought I would make some comments, both serious and of some flavor of humor. My profession is a pharmacist in a hospital. However, I also consider myself a patient. Almost seven years ago, through the miracles of medicine, I received a heart transplant. This puts me in the category, with the anti-rejection medications I must take, of being of the vulnerable population for the coronavirus. This has me hunkered down in my house for the last three weeks, staying away from the hospital, watching the snow melt, waiting for a vaccine to be discovered, or for the worst of the spread to subside. I would like to say keep practicing hand-washing, social distancing, and general common sense. Get your annual flu vaccine and a pneumonia vaccine if your age recommendations specify. All transplant patients have this drilled into their daily routine from the day their miracle happens. On a lighter note, I was looking into the history of the Spanish flu and realized that Sid Hartman was born at the end of that pandemic and, as Mr. Royce commented, will make it through the current pandemic. I also have a best beer hay baling story. Growing up in Faribault County in the summer of 1974, I remember as a 15-year-old spending an August afternoon with a classmate stacking bales in the loft of a barn. It happened to be the barn of my parents' friend, and after three hours of 90-degree weather, we were rewarded with some Millers. I remember the first being gone in three gulps. The second one may have lasted over five minutes. We weren't too concerned about the effects of the alcohol, just needed our thirst quenched. The third one was to savor and enjoy. 
You mentioned last week the possibility of a state fair in jeopardy of being canceled. The mention of this reminded me of an 18-year-old who in 1953 attended the state fair and at the fair contracted polio. That young 18-year-old happened to be my father. He would spend the next six months of his young adult life hospitalized and in rehabilitation learning to walk again. But this wouldn't prevent him from becoming a great diesel mechanic and at his peak having a cylinder index near 80. A quote of his, I recall, was, who the hell made this patent after being frustrated with repairing an engine? (laughs) I've heard that from my grandpa. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) <laughs> to end my ramble, I would ask. To end my ramble, I would ask that the next time you have Mike Osterholm on, could you give us a heads-up warning days in advance? I would like to withdraw my retirement savings and stuff it in my mattress before he announces uh, and forecasts the next pandemic. Dan in Duluth and Sanibel Jim notes from his law enforcement friends in Chicago that the shooting curve is becoming flattened. The coronavirus threat is keeping. Uh, gunplay down. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. And uh, a diner of all places is banning group activities after some residents fail to obey the stay-at-home order. Why well, these cake eaters? On March 20th, Edina closed playgrounds as the city worked to fight the outbreak, but days later, parents had removed barriers so their kids could keep playing. Wow. We, we had hoped we would see 100% compliance by residents and visitors with the governor's stay-at-home order. However, this weekend, we have continued to receive many complaints and reports of, reports of large group gatherings, close contact ball games, and lack of social distancing. This is not optional. Failure of Minnesotans to comply with this order will result in the metro area reaching peak caseloads sooner than medical facilities are able to handle. We all need to do our part. City leaders said the ban will take effect today at 8 a.m. and will remain until further notice. Uh, and this is all according to Edina City Manager Scott Neal. So the, uh, the Edina people have uh, been flaunting, flouting, flouting the stay-at-home order. Have you seen uh, what the Minnesota, or excuse me, the Minneapolis Park Board did? I did not. They are uh, closing the parkways around both Lake Harriet and uh, Lake Nokomis starting uh, this afternoon at 5 p.m. How, how do you really? do that? They'll be closed, and I guess you're not allowed to, I don't know, bike. How do you that's close a, the no, parkway? That's a, bike or that, walk? That's a favorite walking loop. Yeah. Wow, that is something. Yeah. But I'm, I'm serious. How, how do you close that? I, I Snow I fence? I mean, what do you barricades, do? Barricades. I suppose barricades. Yeah, and then I suppose the, the squirrel chasers are, I mean, the park police, excuse me, are out there uh, enforcing the law. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Gee, that's a shame. Have you been out and about, out and about uh, uh, lately, about? Joe? Because um, when I've been taking the parkway home, I've been taking the Minneapolis side, and it is crowded. There are a lot of people out. Oh, that was one of my first observations last week was the number of people out walking. Yeah. Uh, so many of them that many appeared not to have walked before and and were, were really struggling with the idea of putting one foot in front of the other. I, I saw that. Could you, could you go a little deeper? I, I didn't really know what you meant by that. I quite literally saw so many people out walking that it began to occur to me that some of them, this was new to them. It was it was new to them. Well, they and weren't following the same path as were they the wobbly. Yeah. Or well, they were, were they... they were wobbly, and if it was a guy and a gal, they would sometimes hold on to each other over oh. a curb. And, and oh, I, I, right, I was just right. I was just struck by the idea that uh, 
boy, you've been out, you haven't been outside in a while, have you? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you can see you can see the couples where the dream isn't dead yet. They actually hold hands and right. help each other up and down oh, curves. The dream isn't dead. All of that. <laughs> but yesterday, yesterday I walked and uh, the social distancing is getting uh, profound. People are routinely crossing the street if someone's approaching them. Hmm. And, and uh, I love it. You don't have to talk to anybody. And <laughs> just so awesome. when you and the CP venture out, are you uh, usually arm in arm, hand in hand? What's the normal protocol for the Souchere walk? Separate walks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either. going this way. You go that way. <laughs> Separate walks. Uh Business continues to be gangbusters at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. I'm sure they had another great weekend because not only is the food fabulous, but the people at Grunhofer's have taken extra precautions just like all the rest of our clients. You may call your order in advance. Call it in, 651-426-2800, 651-426-2800. Order up the steaks, the brats, the bacon, the ham, the salmon, the jerky, the ribs, uh, you name it, 130 different kinds of brats, the great rookie burgers and ribeye rib burgers. You, you order over the phone, pay over the phone. When you get there, the Grunhofer staff will place your order in the trunk of your car. You got to eat. You might as well eat the best. And GLers have long now discovered that Grunhofer, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61 is absolutely the best. And the uh, the website, Reeves, is Grunhofer. Grunhoffer's Meat Market.com. Well, there you go. And then you select from the menu, call them, 651 426 2800. They'll have your uh, box of meat ready. And when those you of you uh, wondering at home, there is no apostrophe in that website. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one F. <laughs> there's no apostrophe. <laughs> Grunhoffer's Meat Market.com. He doesn't get it. No, he doesn't. One F, no apostrophe. That's right. He's, I get it. No, I get it. No, you don't. It's on Highway 61, right at the north end of Hugo. Yeah. Uh, well, Today's stays. a great grilling day. Big GL sign out. For oh, us. man. You know, I know we're on a podcast, and it doesn't make much difference to give anybody the temperature, but my own curiosity is getting the best of me. she got to be 60 now, isn't I'm it? I'm looking. Uh, my info says from the National Weather Service at the airport, it's 55. I got 55 on my phone. It's I just got, a lovely, lovely day. I have 58. Oh, that's my, my neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, you live, uh, well, you live damn near in South Dakota. Well, you know he lives out on the prairie. That's right. I'm up, by, up by the old sod hut. <laughs> Boy, this changes the way I look at life. I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I, I, uh, what would the property taxes in St. Paul be on a nice sod hut over there on Maine? <laughs> you know, I got mine. <laughs> Uh-oh. I got it Thursday or Friday, and I purposely did not open it. Yeah. And I I opened it uh, opened it yesterday. How'd that work out? Yeah, not too good. How we doing? Yeah. Uh, Such, do you know was your ancestor's sod hut? Was it a walkout kind? Was it built into the side of a hill, or did it have four walls and a roof? You don't know, Kenny. How seriously I wish there was somebody around to ask. I really would love to know more. Uh, I'd love to know where it was. Well. If your grandma, you think there's a marker there? You think there's a plaque? Well, if it was built in the side of a hill, it might the hole still might be there. Well, it was 1879. 
but we don't know how far west it was. She just said west of here. Well, as you say, uh, hell, that could have been Hopkins. Yeah, who knows where it was. Yeah. Um, but I'll bet if she was a history lover, like you said she was, she mm-hmm. had to put something down. And somewhere in one of your cousin's uh, attics somewhere, they have that. I think this news will uh, compel them to, to rifle through the... Rifle through the old material. Or they're just going, now they're talking amongst themselves as, yeah, Joe is busy being Joe. Okay, now I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So, you, Kenny, you said side of a hill or four walls, so there's two different styles? Well, it's always easier to just dig, uh, dig, into, dig an, in. into an embankment. Okay. And then you just put up one front wall and a roof. Okay, because it's already, then it's insulated yeah. and whatever yeah, else. you've already got three walls there. Well, uh, gang, uh, hang in there. Practice your safe space, and uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow, huh? Um, Mr. Sod Hut, Joe Souchere. You know what's coming up next, don't you, Such? I Monday am Night here, Sports Talk. And I am prepared. Yep. Royce is here. Yep. And I could use the extra money. I'm wondering if, uh, I'm, I'm wondering if I just hang around. You can hang you, around. You can hang around if you want. Lord knows there's no sports to talk about. Oh, he has um, some TV issues to bring up. I know he has oh, discussed yeah. that. He had like... a rough weekend in the Royce house. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't go anywhere. Okay. I'll you stay you, right here. You hang tight and don't forget to go to garagelogic.com. You can check out past episodes and also order your GL merch if you so choose. And please don't forget to rate and review the show. We always love hearing feedback from each and every one of you. And download the PodMN app, and there you can subscribe to Garage Logic. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Mm-hmm.